Heyo! Welcome to Build to Be You. My name is Michaela, and I am so pumped that you're here. I made this podcast so you can uncover what it means to be you and learn how you can fully step into your potential while trying to navigate your 20s, overcoming previous failures, learning to face your fears, dance with your emotions, and take messy action in order to build and become the best you. You can expect a little bit of mixed up love and a whole lot of real talk. But let me just say, this journey is so much more fun with the bestie. So buckle up and let's do it together. What is up my Built to Be You nurse fam? You are going to love this week's episode with Diana. She is a nurse practitioner, a mentor for nurses. She is a mom and she wears so many other hats, but most importantly, she helps you take back control of your life as a nurse. You know, making sure that your identity doesn't get lost in the work that you do and really focusing on who you are at your core, learning to highlight those skill sets both at work and outside of work. And most importantly, bringing more fun into your everyday because we know here in the built to view community that is all about showing up as the best version of you and i love that diana approaches nurses in this way to really put yourself in the driver's seat of not only your career but your energy your boundaries and everything in between Welcome, Diana, to the Built for You community. So excited to have you here with our nurse family. Um, we have a lot of nurse listeners here, but also a lot of women in their 20-somethings, really just navigating the ebbs and flows of life as we know it. So let's chat a little bit about who you are, and we'll go in from there. Nice. Well, thanks for having me. I feel like we've been trying to connect for a long time, so this is super exciting. Yes. Um, so I'm Diana. I am the founder of Catalyst for Self-Care. Um otherwise also known as self-care catalyst is the LLC. Um, I have a business where we focus on educational materials, empowerment, um, community and uh, mentorship, um, with tools for keeping burnout at bay, nurse wellbeing, nurse wellness. Um, and a lot of it is about, you know, kind of navigating all those blocks from keeping us from living more than we're working. And yeah, it's, it's really fun to be on the gram connecting with you guys. Um, I was not always a nurse. I was a career changer. So like I, I've been a nurse now for about 12 years, but, um, before that I worked like in a research lab. So I I was a little bit of a non-traditional entry to nursing, but I do still work, um, as a nurse practitioner in neuro, I work as an outpatient neuro NP and I'm a mom of two little nugs. I'm a cat mom, (laughs) but really my business is my heart and soul. And it's about really empowering nurses to leave work at work and, you know, live a life that they're obsessed with. I love that. And that's what this podcast is all about is really putting yourself at the center of everything that you do. So I'm excited to hear how you can help our nurse family do that here. So let's start off a little bit by, you said, you know, just promoting nurse well-being. What does that mean? Like in a nutshell? Oh my gosh. Well, that's a very large nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So nurse well-being encompasses so many things. I mean, I think it all starts with Mm self-awareness, like emotional intelligence, kind of knowing where you're at emotionally. A lot of times, like we get into this like churn and burn mentality, right? We're just like, go, go, go. We're focused on all those like boxes that we need to check and this to-do list, the infamous to-do list. But Um, you know, I talk a lot about finding ways to put ourselves on our to-do list or to be list and Mm -hmm. like really reconnecting with joy outside of work and having an identity outside of your role as a nurse. I think that a lot of us tend to tie ourselves so tightly to our role as a nurse because we feel so proud and, you know, inherently want to be helpers, but there's so many ways that we can kind of 
keep ourselves healthy as well. Um, so there's one aspect of well-being, but there's, you know, the boundary setting, the self-advocacy, the, you know, making sure that you actually take time for yourself and making space for yourself in your life. Um, I think that that's incredibly important. Um, I also think that the onus is not all on us. I think that there's so many things that we do have power over and control over and that we can, you know, be kind to ourselves and do all the things that we can do, but there's also a lot that the system needs to do for us. Um, and, you know, we can use our voices for change and, you know, recognize that there are issues, but it's not all on us. So I do want to point out that like, it's not your responsibility. And if you're feeling burned out, it's not because you're in any way deficient or that you're not quote unquote resilient enough. Mm -hmm. It's because there's all these other things that can shift. I love that. And I think that's beautiful to kind of start off there of like realizing that there's like an ownership piece, but there's also like a transformation piece where we like come together collectively to make that change. And I think a really powerful place to start is, you know, kind of dissecting your identity from who you are as a nurse. Like I feel like a lot of times people are like, I am a nurse or I'm just a nurse. You know, how do we kind of move past that? And for the person who's listening, like find yourself outside of being a nurse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is literally the first thing we talk about in my mentorship program. It's the who you be versus what you do. And it's actually typically a very challenging exercise for a lot of us, which, you know, you wouldn't think that it would be, you're like, I know who I am. Like I, I got this. But when you actually sit down and think about like who you be, you know, the qualities that you have, the things that you really enjoy doing a lot of times, like we forget, um, you know, what hobbies we like to do, you know, we're so kind of ingrained in that, um, that nurse mode and we work a lot and we, you know, when we come home, we're tired and it's hard to have the energy or the capacity to, um, to do things, but, um, but yeah, so I think it's complicated. Yeah. So for the nurse who's listening, do you have any like I know you cover in mentorship, but like any specific exercises that you do to kind of start filtering through who you be? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I would like literally one thing that I have, um, I just did it the other day actually is um, if you're struggling with that, and when you sit down, you actually are you know trying to have a hard time thinking about the things that you like to do or the qualities that you have that make you you. Like, what is your secret sauce? Like, what do you bring to the world that has nothing to do with your job? I always say to ask like someone that adores you, like ask your best friend, ask your partner, ask like your work wife, whatever, you know, and see, like, just say like, why do you love me? Like, what do you love about me? Like, what qualities do I have that, you know, make you want to hang out with me? And a lot of times like that can be really eye opening um, and actually kind of nice. You can save it for later when you're having a down day. Yeah. <laughs> it's typically kind of awkward, but um, so I think that's part of it. And I really do think that it's also just making space for yourself in your life to actually just ask yourself questions, right? Like, when am I the most happiest? Like, yeah. what are my values? Like, what are my core values? Like, what do I believe in? Like, what, how do I, like, what actions do I take? And why am I taking those actions? Are they in alignment with what makes me feel good or do they feel kind of crappy because they're misaligned? You know, there's a lot of questions we can ask ourselves. Um, but I think, you know, knowing your core values really like knowing and uh, examining your life and looking at those times where you were like belly laughing or, you know, 
like really feeling bliss and pleasure and play, like, what does that look like? Um, because it really is how you can reconnect with yourself. And even with hobbies, you know, sometimes you can think back to like you as a kid, you know, like you at age 10, like, what did you kind of like to do? Like for me, I was like really into like crafting, like I had a little scrunchy biz on the side, <laughs> like whatevs, but like, obviously I'm not going to do scrunchy business now, but the point is, it's like, you can think about the, the things you used to do. And maybe there's a way in your adult life that you can incorporate that. Like, how could you bring creativity into your life? If that's something that you value, you know, there's a lot of, again, things that, um, have nothing to do with what you do for your job that are qualities that you have that make you a freaking awesome human being. Absolutely. I love that. And I think that it's just really like, like you said, creating that space to kind of get in touch and in tune with yourself. And like you find in life, what you look for is that you're looking and actively seeking out the things that light you up, that bring you joy, having those conversations with people, yeah. then you're going to kind of start to get that like warm, tingly feeling inside. Yeah, again. You're going to give your brain a target. You know, if we're just like our head down, churn and burn all day, and like, we're not making that space for ourselves in our life. And we're not, you know, really creating that to be list, you know, not just the checking the boxes off the to-do list, you know, putting ourselves on there somewhere. Like that's how we kind of get that clarity. And that's how we really feel fulfilled. And when we feel fulfilled outside of work, we're going to, by default, feel like our bandwidth and our capacity is better when we're at work. Um, you know, your tolerance for the, the BS will be, will be far greater if you're tending to those needs and you're feeling nurtured and cared for, right? Mm -hmm. Part of it is just like feeling like you have a life that's, you know, fun, right? enough fun, really, I think. Absolutely. We get stuck on autopilot, kind of just like going through the motions of 12 hour shifts or not eight hour shifts, you know, like whatever you work without really like incorporating those things that kind of make you feel like a kid again. And I love that you pointed out, like, it's going to translate to how you show up to like at work. Yeah. And, you know, I think when we think about those qualities of the things that make you excited and make you feel like a kid again, outside of work, mm -hmm. nurses don't always realize how that translates over to work, like almost like transferable right. skills and like Totally. Yeah. And, you know, it, again, I think helps boost your confidence. So then you're more likely to like self-advocate at work. You're more likely to set those really healthy boundaries because you also have a life outside of work that you are obsessed with. So then you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't live to work. Like I'm not going to take all this overtime or I, you know, actually my schedule isn't working for me or this toxic work environment really drains my energy so that I feel happy on my days off. And that isn't in alignment with what I see for my life, you know, and you can make, like, we have the ability to take action on so many things. There's just a lot of blocks, you know, there's confidence, there's imposter syndrome, there's fear. There's a lot of like guilt, the shoulds, like all these things can come up. Um, but I think, you know, if we are aware of what we want it to look like, like you said, like giving your brain a target, then it's empowering to then put these other more scary, maybe like uncomfortable things in place. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that self-advocacy is huge mm -hmm. in a profession that we're in. And I think about the nurse who's listening, who really struggles with setting those boundaries of overtime, like knowing that it's going to drain her cup, knowing that she really doesn't have the bandwidth or the capacity. How do you kind of start to have those conversations to really advocate for yourself? With your employer, you mean? Yeah. Like at work. Yeah. Well, you just, I mean, 
obviously it depends as to whether or not it's like mandated, you know, there's right. nuances obviously, because yes. it's like a little more complicated, but if you have an option and a choice and you assess your bandwidth and you certainly feel like you're not capable of doing it, then you can say no. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, you can say I can do it this time, but I can't do X, Y, and Z. You know, you can, it could be always be like a yes, but is also a really healthy boundary. One thing that I tell my mentees is to have like a go-to line that you have ready to launch in the event that someone is asking something from you and you're not sure if you have the bandwidth for it. So easy peasy one is let me just check my calendar and get back to you. Or actually, let me think about it. I'll get back to you in two hours or whatever, but have a line that you say so that you don't have to make a decision in the heat of the moment because that, you know, that people pleasing or that like, oh, kind of kicks in. You're like, sure. Yeah, of course. Or like if someone's like, oh, it's my kid's birthday. Can you swap? You can always have that go-to line. That's just, you know, hey, you know, let me think about it and I'll get back to you, Um, which is perfectly reasonable. There's no reason why we can't say that. I love that. That's such like a simple, but easy tool to like, you know, like pre-decide what you're going to say and then like actually take a step back and be like, is this in alignment with me? Do I really have the bandwidth for this? Is this going to feel good? Yeah. Look at your like week and you're like, so you don't overcommit. Cause you know, if we like boundaries are just there. So we like acknowledge our limits. That's all they are. It's just Mm -hmm. a limit. And we have limits because we have limits. Like we are human beings. (laughs) We are not robots. So like assessing that bandwidth and like looking at your week. And if you have the capacity for it and you want the extra cash and you're like, yeah, this feels good to me. Cool. You do you. That's awesome. You know, I'm sure people will be thrilled, but if you're like, I am so mentally drained, I like hundred percent can't handle this. Like mentally, I feel like my mental health is teetering on the edge. Like, I really don't think I can do this, but I feel like I should is like mm-hmm. always like the thing, like, Oh, I don't want to let people down you know, but we're so, we're willing to let other people down. I mean, we're willing to let ourselves down before we let other people down. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's like, we also need to assess like, okay, well, where do I fit into this? Like my mental health matters too, you know, even though it's like more socially threatening to say no, or any Mm -hmm. of those things, it's still super important to put ourselves kind of at the top of that roster, you know? Yeah. I love that. And so like when the guilt and shame creeps in or like the should, it's like, again, like you said, where do you fit in or where do I fit in? Yeah. And it's like a self-worth, but like, again, like being connected with who you be and like really who you are as a human and knowing that you're perfectly imperfect, like everybody else. And that, you know, you have a bandwidth and that's okay because you're a human and like kind of recognizing that these are all very normal things. It's empowering to say, you know what? actually, yeah, I do come first and that's okay. And again, at the end of the day, when we put ourselves at the top of our to-do list, we are just so much better equipped to do all the other things. Right. Right. Absolutely. And I think people, at least like being active on social media, like people throw around the word boundaries all of the time. And so I love how that you said like boundaries is just a limit. You know, we have speed limits. Yeah. It's just a limit. very similar. Yeah. So how do, or what advice do you have around like setting boundaries outside of work when people are asking things of you? Same, same thing. You know, like if someone is asking for you to, you know, go to a gathering or something and you're super tired, you know, you can say same thing. That's why I like having these go-to lines is helpful because they can be vague enough that they can literally work in any scenario. So like, let me check my calendar, get back to you. And recognizing 
that your friends aren't going to hate you forever. Like, <laughs> like we always have this like fear, like, oh my God, if I don't go to this party, like they're never going to ask me again. I'm going to have no friends. It's going to be the worst. I'm going to be so low. <laughs> No. And you can just say to your friends, like, look, like I would love to come. I'm actually really exhausted. Can we do coffee next week? Or can we like, you can come up with like a scenario alternative so that you feel like, okay, like I can't do this, but I can do this. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's okay too. But your friends that love you are going to love you regardless. You know, it's just a fact. Right. And it's like kind of putting yourself back in the driver's seat, like realizing that option A might not work out, but you have an option B, an alternative next week, the week after mm-hmm. and kind of like not, I think a lot of night shift nurses that I talk to, like kind of have like that, like FOMO feeling, you know, yeah. even, even yeah. like day shift nurses, like if you're working the weekend. And mm-hmm. so it's like realizing that you might miss out, but you can still like be the steward of your time and energy and offer a different yeah. solution or exactly. like a different time. So that when you do do the thing with your friends, you're feeling good. And you're like, you know, you show up as the person that you want to show up as. I would say another really important boundary just to think about like outside of work as nurses is the idea of venting. Like when your friends call to vent to you or are talking about like a hard shift or what have you, like, I think like, obviously we all want to be there for our friends and it's very important for us to all have allies and be able to talk to each other. But if you and your own mental health, or you're feeling like your own trauma being triggered, or it's okay to say to your friend, like, Hey, I really want to talk to you about this. Like this, I understand this is like really, really important, but I'm actually like struggling having this conversation right now. Can we actually do this like another day when I feel more comfortable you know, like you can say those types of things as well. And again, I think your friends would a hundred percent be understanding, but it's okay to like set boundaries with those types of communication too. Yeah. I love that. That's such like a power perspective. And I even think about, um, like you yourself, like using venting as like a tool, like when you get off a tough shift and like realizing how it might be affecting somebody else mm-hmm. and just kind of like that self-awareness on like the, recipient, yeah. the receiving and the giving end. Yeah. And I think too, like as a friend, like if I was calling you, like, and I really wanted to talk about these things, you as a friend can say like, Hey, I had a really rough day. Is it cool if I talk to you about X, Y, Z for, you know, X amount of time, you know, like you as a friend can kind of put that expectation out there on the front end. You know, if you know that your friend, cause I mean, we all know our friends, right. We all know kind of, I mean, really good friends, you kind of know what they struggle with. Okay. So you can also kind of like have it be permission-based too. Yeah. I like that. Like seeking permission before you like that. Offloading, like a whole yeah. <laughs> you don't have to like ask permission to like talk about like your new pants that you got at the store, <laughs> but you know, if it's something like emotionally heavy, like yeah. I think kind of respectful and nice. And I think most people like appreciate that on the front end, just, you know, so they also are, it's kind of like the whole, like on Insta, like trigger warning, you know, yeah, uh sort of thing, but just like, you know, look, I really would value your opinion. Like, is it cool if I run this by you or whatever? Right. And then you're respecting not only your time and energy, but also their time and energy. And then you guys get to both show up better for each other later down the road. Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of little nuances, but you know, I think you know, for a lot of us, like the idea of setting boundaries can be just really scary and socially threatening, you know, we're, you know, afraid of letting people down or all these things. But I think again, like really tuning into the you and saying like, okay, well, how, how am I showing up for myself? 
Like, where do I fall into this? Like, why is this important to me? What does this mean for my life? Mm-hmm. You know, and if I don't set this boundary, what does that mean? You know, right. maybe it means like, it's kind of like, you know, I always say to my mentees, like, which would you prefer a hard conversation or a hard life? Right. And sometimes it's a matter of kind of like having that difficult conversation, which typically goes far better than you think it will. And then you're kind of at ease and, you know, things are kind of better, quote unquote, balanced. Right. Right. And it's like two parts of boundaries, like setting them, like knowing what they are, but then also enforcing them. Mm -hmm. And like you said, like it can be kind of like a tough, scary conversation that like you catastrophize in your head, but then it happens and it plays out and you realize how good it feels. And you're like, I'm going to do this again next week. Like it felt so good to like protect my peace, protect my time, honor my energy. Yeah. Yeah. And like enforcing it really is just because like, if we don't, first of all, if we don't enforce a boundary, it's as if it doesn't exist in the first place. Mm -hmm. So you like enforcing it is key. Right. And it's just telling people what, you know, what the expectations are in terms of what you will and will not be willing or able to do. And those can shift over time. It's not like, okay, I'm going to set this boundary now. And then like, that's it, you know, things can evolve. They're not permanent. They can shift. Um, so it's just all about communication. Yeah. And communication can be hard sometimes, but you, I like communication starts with knowing what you want too. Exactly. Which goes back to what we were talking about, the who you be, right. Yeah. Awareness that, that emotional intelligence of like knowing, like giving your brain a target, right. If you don't know what you want, then of course you can't set the boundary. Right. Know where the boundary even needs to be set in the first place. Exactly. And I think this ties really well to what you talk about. You talk about on Instagram a lot, like a to be list versus a to do list. I know we've touched about it a couple of times here. Can you Mm -hmm. explain to the listener what that is or what that means or what that looks like? Yeah. So your to do list that we all know, (laughs) we are all box checkers. I see you out there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, we love the to do lists, right? I mean, it feels so good to check those boxes off. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I'm sure you've added something to the bottom of your to do list just to check it off. Right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. We all have. <laughs> I'm just going to add that to the box. <laughs> Get that dopamine hit. Like, yes, we're achievers. We love it. But the to be list is really, again, the things that are self-nurturing that kind of tend to that self needs, like whatever those may be at any given time. So your to be list may be like, I, you know, would like to have more energies. Therefore it, like, it's kind of like what I tell my mentees, which is like, what do I feel? What do I want to feel? And what's step one to get there? Like the, what's step one to get there to this emotional need and feedback for yourself. That's kind of what the to be list is, is, you know, I feel crappy. I don't want to feel crappy. I want to feel like I have energy. What's step one to get there. I'm going to go for a walk. Right. So the go for a walk, isn't like a, a chore. I mean, hopefully not anyway. But it's also, you know, like I need connection. Okay, well, cool. How is that going to happen? Like mm-hmm. reaching out to the friend that you haven't reached out to in a while. So it's things that ultimately at the end of the day, the goal is something that is self-nurturing for you. Yeah, and exactly. obviously that's not necessarily work-related. Right, absolutely. And that's something that <laughs> like also has to- your dishwasher. I'm sure right. fill you emotionally at your core. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's not like task-related. Like we get so focused on like tasks. Yeah. And then it's like, you don't have the space to be (laughs) (laughs) or self-serving. It's like, it's like your little selfish being list where you get to decide what that looks like on any given day, but it's really like self-serving, which, you know, everyone's like, oh my gosh, like, I don't want to be selfish. (laughs) 
like you're not being selfish. You're tending to your basic human needs and making sure that your mental health is in a place that you feel good about and that you feel like you're living a life outside of your job that you're happy about, right? You're feeling joy. You're feeling bliss. You're like laughing and you feel like you have energy to do the things that you want to do. Like that's what it's all about. Yeah. And I think about the nurse who's listening to this and it might feel like almost like a only because it used to be me, like a little resentful towards like hearing those things of like happiness and joy and fulfillment and boundary and like still mm-hmm. be a nurse. So it's like, mm-hmm. I think this kind of puts us into this perspective of like ownership versus like system, you know, yeah. how, how as a nurse, can you take ownership of these things we've talked about the to be list, you know, yeah. boundaries and yeah. really like facilitating that inner work with yourself. Yeah, no, it's hard. I mean, believe me, I was a burnout survivor myself. Like I, it, it was those were very, very dark days. And that's part of my why for what I do now is to make sure people never feel that way. Cause it sucks yeah. so bad. <laughs> like it's the worst. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's just, there's things that we have control over and there's things that we don't have control over in any given day. I am someone, and I've always been this way, even as a little kid, like I, am very much in like the energy of solutions, right? Like if things are shitty, then there's things that we have control over that we can do. Maybe it's not going to be perfect. Maybe it's not going to be better, but it's step one to get in the direction that we want to go. You know, on those dark days where like, I was super depressed and sitting there like crying in my car every day. Like there were still things that I had some control over. Did I have control over my toxic work environment? No. You know, could I have set some boundaries at work? hundred percent. Did I have the confidence to do it? Absolutely not. But were there ways that I could like boost that confidence? Did I have control over some of those things? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, yeah, it's very hard and it's easy for that resentment to build. And I've been there, believe me, like that resentment can be heavy and you can be angry and just like, I mean, I almost left nursing when I burned out, I was like, screw this, but I'm really glad I didn't, you know, it just took, it took time. It took switching up my environment. It took really pouring into myself and doing a lot of my own inner work. I went to therapy, you know, like there were things that I could take action on that made a huge difference in that trajectory. And now like I'm in a super healthy work environment, you know, and I know that I'm worthy of that. So if it wasn't that I'd say, okay, you know what, this isn't for me because I deserve better than that because I have self-worth, right. It's all these things. It's like that self-awareness piece and also like recognizing, okay, this is, or isn't like quote unquote normal. Right. A lot of times like, we're like, oh, well, burnout's just a rite of passage. You know, like I hear this all the time, like, oh, well, everybody burns out. It's like, no, 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 no. Like we are often set up to fail by the system hundred percent, but there are plenty of ways to use our degree that are much healthier. Like not every nursing environment is a hot mess express. Like there are definitely good jobs, good humans, like healthy leadership. They are out there, you know? Yeah. And I think about the nurse who's listening to this right now, who like is in like the pits of burnout, who is kind of like that, like deep, dark, resentful, scary place. And like, I can just hope that she feels like a sliver of hope that there's change out there for her and there's something out there for her. And I think it's, you touch on a really important piece. It's like, you know, what are you willing to accept as the quote unquote norm? Right. I feel Mm -hmm. like somewhere along the line, somebody's at the standard of like, 
that's just how it's supposed to be. And like, we need more powerful leaders in this space, paving the way like yourself who have been in those trenches to, you know, hand out the resources, not hand out, empower people with the resources to take, to take that action. So, you know, you talked about, you know, your experience with burnout, what was like that, like first step you took, or if you go back to Diana in that burnout stage, like what would be like one piece of advice that you'd give her? Oh gosh. I mean, honestly, like for me, it was, it was tricky because burnout really took me by surprise. Like I, it was my first job and I didn't know, like, that's also part of why I'm here and do what I do is to like encourage people, even in school to learn these things. Right. I think this is something that we should be teaching in nursing school personally. Absolutely. But like when I started at my job, like I had no frame of reference. Like, it's kind of like what you were just saying, like, oh, this is just the way it is. This is normal. Like (laughs) everybody treats you terribly and like exploit you and it's terrible. Um, But that's just the way it is. You know, like I definitely had that sort of mentality. Um, So I think, you know, part of it was um, like, quote unquote, not like, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, what I would tell myself though, I would say like, never, ever, ever, ever doubt your capabilities, but always have a pulse on your capacity. Mm, That's good. I love that. Like you are an incredibly capable human being. You are smart. You know, your S H I T like you can do hard things. Like you have a lot of evidence in your life that supports the fact that you are good at what you do. And you will be good at what you do, but you have a limit and you have a capacity. And sometimes if we operate beyond our, you know, limits, that's when we run into trouble, you know? So having a pulse on that. And again, those self check-ins that self-awareness piece, just kind of like zooming out, taking a pause, seeing where you're at. That's like worth its weight in gold. Yeah. And just like you said, like knowing your limits. And I think knowing your limits comes from, like you said, doing all of those things that we've talked about this entire episode and like not accepting that burnout is just how it's supposed to be. Like kind of like that quote, like it is what it is. Like, no, it's not. It is what it is. It's what you make of it or what you like, where you choose to go next. Yeah. And we're lucky. I mean, as nurses, we do have so many options, you know, there's so many And I think a lot of times, like we get wrapped up to into like this idea of like what we should be doing. And like, we have to do like, if I had a nickel for every time, someone was like, Oh, well, I have to do X, Y, Z, da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. No girl, you don't, you can do whatever the heck you want to do. (laughs) You know, like, I mean, I've had friends that have left jobs like early on and they weren't like blacklisted from whatever, (laughs) If it was their mental health needed it and that's okay. Like there's so many, there's so many options and being open to whatever. And like, again, like thinking about what you want your career to look like and what sounds exciting to you, not like, Oh, I have to check these boxes because this is what like some people say is like the thing to do. It's like, no, no, no. We get to decide. Like we get to, we have power over our own decisions and our own. Yeah. And it's kind of like the narrative that you play in your head. Like as you're like listening to your own stories, you're telling yourself like, does this actually feel good? And is this something that society said I should do or the culture said I should do, or is it something that I want to do? Right. And if the fear comes up of like letting people down and this and that and the other thing, typically that's a sign that it's not like, if you're like, okay, I want to do this, but I'm scared. Like I'm going to let people down. 
okay, well, what's the worst that can happen? Mm-hmm. Right. What's the best that could happen? Like making that choice in alignment with your values and your desires is more important than a hypothetical letdown of someone. And like, does their opinion even really matter? Are they living your life? No. Right. You know, so it's kind of like looking at and making sense of those emotions, you know, identifying what they are. And it's really like, okay, well, what am I really afraid of? Mm-hmm. And sometimes if you just name it and like work through it, it's not actually that scary. It just yeah. seems like it is like, we just, our brains try to keep us safe. That's what they do. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to make sense of those feelings and those emotions without creating the space for it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it goes back to the to be list. <laughs> that is why I literally do this week one in mentorship. This is like literally the, because it's the foundation for everything. It's a hundred percent, the foundation for everything. And, you know, as nurses, we often, you know, think of like, the hard skills are the important skills, right? Your clinical skills and <clears throat> all these other things, but like this inner work and these skills are so incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Like, no, they don't get you an initial after your name, but like they will help you kind of get through your career in a way that you feel more fulfilled and you feel like you're, you have more kind of control over your, you know, well being and your level of burnout. Right. And just kind of ultimately gives you like that sense of purpose in your career, which like every nurse got into the profession for a reason. Totally. I think about a lot of nurses who go through that cycle of burnout, who kind of lose sight of that. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I know I did when I burned out totally. Like I said, I, you know, I almost left, but you know, bringing yourself back to like, what's really important. And again, your core values, like, what, what is important to you and what makes you feel good. And like, when it comes to burnout too, it's looking at like, what are the actual triggers for your burnout? You know, like if, if you're in a toxic work environment, that has nothing to do with like, whether or not you're a good, like labor and delivery nurse, you know, it's like, that's like, you're in a crummy situation that that's what needs to change and be fixed. Not you and your choice of being a labor and delivery nurse, you know, but if you're like, Oh, I really don't like this patient population or like the schedule doesn't align with my lifestyle or whatever. Like you have to kind of like, again, have that self-awareness and ask yourself those questions as to like, like, where is the problem even at? You know, are you getting bullied? Like where, what's the problem? Right. And through some of the conversations that I've had, I've found that nurses tend to put the blame on themselves instead of really looking at the culture as a whole. So what are, so what are some tips that you have there to kind of, you know, decipher, is it, is it me or is it the system or the culture? So it's probably not you. Number one, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's probably not you. Yeah. Um, I think, well, so negative self-talk is definitely something that I think a lot of us struggle with in mm-hmm. like the nurse, like women in general, but in nursing for sure. Um, one question that I often ask myself when I hear those thoughts come in is, is this feeling or is this fact? you know, cause sometimes like, just because we feel it doesn't mean it's necessarily like a fact, right. like, Oh, like I'm such a loser X, Y, Z, but am I really a loser? <laughs> I'm not a loser. Like, like, you, you know, and you can look at the evidence in your life to support like your more empowering truth, you know, it's like working through those limiting beliefs, but right. yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely tricky, but I would say 99% of the time it's not you <laughs> really. And a lot of times our employers like create this vibe of that, but that's because they inherently want to exploit you. You know, I know that sounds kind of like pessimistic, but it's true. 
but it's also like a tough pill to swallow because it's like it's the truth like it's like it is and I hate the word it is what it is but it also like yeah like if you're made to feel bad because of whatever you know you're gonna probably commit more at work because you want to feel like nurses we want to feel like we're doing the right thing and that we're helpful and that we're making a difference and that we're showing up in the way like people want us to. But I think when we tie our worth to other people's opinions, it can be a very slippery slope. And that's where we get kind of, that's where our boundaries start to slip. That's where like the people pleasing may take over. And that's when we tend to overcommit, you know, and it's typically because we want that affirmation from other people. But I think again, working through the self-awareness, the to-be's, all the things and like having your own self-belief at a place in your own emotional awareness, at a place where you know, deep in your heart that you're incredibly capable, that you are really smart, that you are all these things that maybe you're being told you're not like, that's how you step into that power. And when you waver, you just revisit those more empowering thoughts, you know, because they're like, those thoughts are going to come in. Like imposter syndrome, all these things happen. It's not that you eliminate them from your life. It's just that you can identify them when they start to chatter and you can say, "Mm -mm, no, like I may not like imposter syndrome. I may not know the answer now, but I am incredibly smart and I have the resources all that I need to figure this out. You know, whether it be through asking questions, looking stuff up, whatever it may be asking for help. And that doesn't make you a bad nurse, you know? So there's like ways to kind of work through some of those nuances for sure. Yeah. And it's just like a more empowering belief system. And I think about you and your story and how, where you're at now, you're like this unshakable belief that like you are so worth the positive work culture and the hours and like really kind of like curating that like career by design and like acknowledging like I'm worth this, like I'm made for this. And I think that's just the belief that a lot more nurses need to practice cultivating. And it is, and I want to reiterate that because like, it's not all rainbows and butterflies, even for people who have that clarity, like there's going to be days where you falter. There's going to be bad days. You know, they just don't define who you are as a human being. And it does take time to cultivate this. You know, it takes practice, but step one is just saying, yeah, I'm open to this and be like taking some sort of action, whether it be you know, doing your own personal development, listening to podcasts like this, like sitting down and journaling about whatever that looks like doing a post-shift reflection, working with a mentor, whatever it looks like for you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fabulous, but it can be totally unique to you. It's just you by showing up for yourself in some way, shape or form cast a vote for your own mental health, you know? Absolutely. And I think that that just, in general, like you said, it's something that like, I wish they taught in nursing school. Like this goes back to systems and systems, but we're here now and we only have ourselves. So like you have to make our voices. Like, you know, I definitely practice what I preach. You know, I've reached out to my alma mater and been like, yo, (laughs) (laughs) why? Like I said, blatantly, I was like, I felt, I felt left, like let down by my program. Like I had a great education clinically, Right. You know, like I got the skills and had the clinicals and did all the things, but like none of this stuff they talked about. So when I entered the workplace and my imposter syndrome was like, Whoa, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, so the boundaries were non-existent and you know, like all that stuff, um, you know, it definitely was 
hard, but clinically it was great. But I was, that's all the doing that's the box checking, right? Like we're good at that. Like that's, there's no question. It's just like this other stuff that we can also, there's two pieces to like kind of being your highest self in your, both your job and your life. And it's like the, the outer work, the, like the hard skills, quote unquote. And then also like the inner work, like the softer skills. Yeah. And like, you could be a 4.0 straight A student with like bomb clinical skills, but if you don't know how to like nurture that, like self-care outside of work, what's it like, you know, what's it for? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times too, when we are so used to like checking those boxes and in that like achiever mode, Mm -hmm. that's how we feel validated, Mm -hmm. but we should feel also validated by self-nurture and self-compassion and like positive self-talk and like self-forgiveness for when we have, like, we do make a mistake or whatever it may be, you know, there's all these things that we can work on to also show up for ourselves in a more like holistic way. Right. And when I hear you talking, I think about the ebbs and flows kind of, of like the really high days, the really good days. And like, you also have the contrast of the bad days and that's how resiliency is built. Mm -hmm. And so what does resilience, like resiliency, like look like, or feel like? Yeah. So, you know, resilience, um, you know, obviously by definition is this like ability to bounce back from, Mm -hmm. you know, adversity slash, you know, some sort of thing that's hard. Right. Um, I think when it comes to like healthcare, it kind of goes back to like, a lot of times we get this message from like the healthcare world and like well-being and stuff in general, like, oh, well you need to cultivate resiliency. And then you can keep burnout at bay. It's like, okay, that I have a problem with because it's not like we talked about, it's not only our job. Like this, the onus doesn't fall on us. Like the reason you're burned out is not because you're not resilient enough. Right. You know, and there's so many ways to like, quote unquote, cultivate resiliency, but there has to be like some recognition from like the bigger picture that it's not just about like, your ability to bounce back. It's about being set up to be successful, like in whatever environment you're in. So I would say like a lot of what we've talked about is like how I view resiliency. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I think our ability to bounce back from things, like we are, we are all resilient human beings. Like we are inherently resilient. I just think that there's tools that we can use and strategies that we can put into play. It's like playing your cards, right? You have the deck. It's just deciding like which ones you're going to play on any given day. But like those boundaries, like your self-care, you know, your joy activities, your routines and rituals. So you have time for things like Mm -hmm. that self-awareness piece, all of that like helps kind of keep that resiliency fire burning bright. Um, But I, I don't think that, you know, we are in any way deficient. No, I, yeah, absolutely. No, I totally agree. It's really just like equipping yourself with the tools and resources you need to like yeah. navigate the highs and lows. You have, yeah, you have your little toolbox and it's like through things like this podcast and all the, you know, whatever, like you get your tools, you put them in there and then you can deploy them at any given time. <laughs> right. You know? Cause like, it's going to get hard. Stuff is gonna accumulate them over time, like you'll get a new tool and you're like, yes, this works so well for me. And then you're going to try another tool and you're like, okay, this doesn't really work. I'm going to put that tool back and I'm going to try a different tool. Like there's right. all these like ways that you can quote, but it's honestly, at the end of the day, it comes down to action taking and it comes down to self-trust and it comes down to just like doing the dang thing and doing something other than living in autopilot, you know? 
Right. Absolutely. Cause like you can listen to all the podcasts and build all the tools, but without implementation and action, you got to right? take action, no action, no changes. Unfortunately, again, tough love, but I do love you guys. <laughs> I'm all about it. Even love. if it's like a baby, baby, baby step, mm-hmm. right. If you want to start going for walks, if you want to just like leave your shoes where you can see them, that's action. That's still a step in the right direction you don't have to like run a marathon tomorrow, you know? Right. Yeah. And it's not like diminishing the power of like one small step and realizing yeah. that that small step is going to build momentum and confidence totally. and have the ripple effect exactly. to everything else. <laughs> build that momentum. And then, yeah. And then and that confidence grows, you celebrate those wins mm-hmm. and you view failure as feedback and you just keep moving forward and that confidence muscle will build and then you'll just be unstoppable. Yes. I love that failure as feedback. That's, that's key because a lot of times people are like, I am a failure. This is my identity. It's like, no, learn, grow, Mm -hmm. right. Change direction, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I love that. All right. Well, if you had one last little piece, one little golden nugget that you wanted to leave the audience with, what would it be? Make time for fun. Have fun. You know, I think like we tend to just take ourselves so seriously. Um, you know, we like, I know, I mean, I'm guilty of this too. Like we just tend to like overthink and overanalyze and like, mm-hmm. you know, and then we just get paralyzed by, you know, it's like analysis paralysis. It's just mm-hmm. like, you know, just make some time for you in your life. However you can, by setting those boundaries, identifying what it is that you actually like want to be doing and just like have fun. We only get one go at this, like laugh, be with friends, like whatever it is that makes you feel happy, like live more than you work. Yes. That is so important. What do you like to do for fun? What's your fun time? I love to be outside. Like I live in Maine. So we have amazing like summers. Mm -hmm. So I love to go by the water. I love to look for sea glass. That's like my little guilty pleasure on a stressful day. I love to play with my kids. Um, I love to read. I love to journal. I love to do yoga. Um, yeah, there's so I love to garden. We have blueberries right now. I've been picking out our blueberries, although we tend to eat more than we. <laughs> yeah, I love to like go to new restaurants. I love to spend time with my friends. I like to cook new recipes. I love that. It's all the things, all the fun yeah. things. I hope that sparks some interest in the person who's listening. I'm like, hey, I think I'm gonna go do that fun thing today. Out, you know, like. I, I had a mentee. She's like, I've always wanted to try like a woodworking class. I'm like, do it girl. Try it out. She did it. She built a table. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. And that's like, you never know. You never know. You never know. Like one of the MPs I work with, he does stained glass on the side. That's he so like cool. tried it out and he like makes little stained glass things. So it's like, you never know what you're going to find fun. And it's about like putting yourself out there, trying new things yeah. and making space for you in your life to like yeah. actually do it. Yeah. So, exploring the options. Love that. All right, Diana, where can we connect with you after this episode? What do you have going on in your world? So I, so if you um, want to follow me on Instagram, I'm at catalyst for self-care. That's kind of where most of my content goes. So there's tons of content there, guys. If you're ever looking for something in particular, just message me. My DMs are always open. There's some guides there with like a bunch of, you know, boundary stuff and some affirmations, things like that. Um, my website has a ton of free downloadable stuff. So, um, that's www.selfcarecatalyst.com. There's also information about mentorship and my wait list, um, and some of my other courses and stuff. So definitely check it out. But seriously, if you ever need anything, I'm always around. Wonderful. So many resources, so many goodies, make sure you go connect with her. And I will add all of that stuff into the show notes that way they can easily find it. 
Cool. Thank you. And this Thank is so fun. Before you go, I just wanted to let you know that I am so dang grateful that we are now on this journey through uncovering what it means to be you together. If you love this episode, make sure you share it with your friend or better yet, share it on social media and tag me so that way I know. Until next time, chat soon.